Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to episode two of Straight to VHS, the Chris and Carson show. I'm Carson Schneider, your podcast host. Hi, I'm I'm Chris Kaiser, longtime guest uh, here on the podcast. Nah, no, nah, Chris, you're you're a part. You're you're the co-host. Oh, I am right there with me. That's why it's called the Chris and Carson Show, not like uh, the Carson Show with Chris. You know, that's how we would denominate it. I just thought your first morning. name was Chris. I was really confused. I, I thought it was kind of cool we had the same first name, but well, then who the hell would be Carson if my name was Chris <laughs> and the Chris and Carson oh. Show? <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, so, <clears throat> sorry, I've got a little tickle in my throat. Do you mind? Um, I I know this is probably like the worst thing I could do at the start of a podcast, but. Do you mind if I just like take a quick five and, and get a little sip of water or something? Um, who's that? Who's that manservant you hired? Send send Jorge over with some water, please. Um, the thing, well, the problem is uh, Jorge got all of his fall externship hours that he needed for credit, so he just stopped showing up. He was an intern. What? <laughs> That's a terrible idea for him. Internships. You, you should always go for internships. That's what a huge mistake, Jorge. Jorge, if you're listening, because I know you are, that's a huge mistake doing an untamed internship for a podcast with one episode, and, and you were in the opening episode as an unpaid intern. That was a terrible idea. He's not going to get great letters of rec from me. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, all right. So that doesn't really solve my problem. Are you going to send water over my way, or, or what, what's the <clears throat> I heard someone here was thirsty. What? How'd you get in my apartment? Who are you? Uh, well, my name is Bangenberg, and I'm here to needs. Uh, no, I, I actually got water here. I'm okay. All right, I'll see myself out. Okay, goodbye. Shut, shut my door, please. Goodbye, Carson. Who, who is this guy? What is what is happening? For the listener at home, that's our good friend, young Kyle. And he uh, just he heard we were doing a podcast, and he uh, wanted to bop around a little bit. So that's can we, what I expect him to do. He'll bop in and out. Can we tell the truth here? Yeah, I don't consider him a good friend because here's the deal. This is for our <laughs> listeners. This is a little inside baseball, okay? We, we play him our opening episode. Episode zero, huge hit. We got tons of fan mail about it. We play him opening episode zero. And 10 seconds in, he pauses and goes on a tirade for like five minutes about how awful the episode was. So I'm not really sure why you invited him. I know we lost Jorge. That was tough on everyone. But why would you invite the guy who ripped us to shreds 10 seconds into our inaugural podcast? Happy to be here. Look, frankly, Chris, I can't deny that story. That is exactly what happened. Uh, It's out of fear is the answer. It's out of fear. Um, I don't want Kyle. You know, he's got a big social media following. And frankly, this podcast could be dead on arrival if he just took it upon himself to spite us um, <laughs> all over the place. So I'm hoping uh, to bring him on board. Uh, maybe we can we can calm the waters a little bit. But we'll see. I don't know. I guess we'll have to talk to him on Xbox after the show and see how it goes. Oh, I have a, I have a PlayStation. I don't have an Xbox. So, ladies and gentlemen, this episode, we are breaking down the uh, new hit film, that went straight to Netflix after a brief showing in theaters in the LA area. It's called Marriage Story. I yeah, saw that. Three single guys over here ready to break down 
show about marriage. That's right. Way to put our love lives on blast. But yes, we are. Re- I'm ready. I don't know about Kyle. I won't speak for him, but I'm ready. Oh, I mean, the biggest show of the holiday season. Forget Star Wars. It's marriage story time, boys. Oh, sorry. I thought that was your segue into talking about uh, Christmas Prince. But I guess marriage, marriage story is fine, too. No worries. <laughs> that is uh, actually deeply sad that we are ignoring Christmas Prince. But we'll move on. Maybe a future episode there. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, I have to say, uh, I didn't make it through the whole movie. I stopped about 35 <laughs> seconds in after uh, they were reading the love letters to one another. <laughs> and uh, that was just beautiful. I mean, it seems like a really strong, healthy marriage. Um, and <clears throat> I take it that's how the rest of the film went? Well, I sorry, before we go any further, I, I think we should clarify. Is this a spoiler discussion for Marriage Story in case any of our listeners want to watch it for themselves? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I'm not going to spoil the, you know, the climax of the film. Well, you can't. But we are going to talk. You only watch 35 seconds. About the roles. Let's, let's not pretend like you can spoil anything. You watch 35 <laughs> seconds. I can spoil things. And here's what I say. The movie's been out for like two weeks. Get with it if you haven't seen it. So my quick hot take on Marriage Story is they totally misnamed it. It should have been Divorce Story. Whoa! There you go. Uh, that's an original take. You never, you never <laughs> seen that one before, right, Kyle? First time I've heard it, truthfully. I think <laughs> you didn't listen to my warm-ups. Uh, I actually didn't. Okay. Come on, Kyle wasn't here for the pre-prep meeting. No. He, he, he was not definitely last second. Not I just walked in the door. I still don't even have a shirt on. I'm, I'm, I'm as unprepared as they come here. So, young Kyle, everybody. All right. Well, okay. maybe for our listeners who don't know, Carson, Kyle, maybe, I don't know if he watched the film or not, but just give us a quick breakdown of Marriage Story. Okay. So this movie starts at, frankly, the beginning of the end of this marriage between two characters. Uh, have Charlie Barber, played by Adam Driver. Uh, he is a stage director in New York. Uh, and his wife. Uh, Nicole Barber, played by Scarlett Johansson, and she is an actor who did some television and uh, some scandalous movies, and then eventually has come to be a big Broadway um, actor, mostly starring in her husband's plays. Um, But like I said, this movie starts at the beginning of the end of their marriage, um, them sitting in couples counseling. and as I, as I mentioned before in my joke about not watching the movie, it, it opens with them reading sort of um, letters to each other about things they love about the other person. And so you get them sort of reading these notes to each other in their heads about all these things they love about one another. Um, but those don't end up getting read out loud because um, Scarlett Johansson objects, says she can't go through with it. Um, they have a young son. His name is Henry. I don't think they ever say, but he's probably about seven or eight. I think they say he's eight years old. Yeah. Okay. And, and they live in New York to start, uh, but that becomes a quick source of contention in their crumbling marriage. Um, Nicole moves to LA with their son to work on a TV show. Um, and soon after, she meets a ritzy LA divorce lawyer played by Laura Dern, and the divorce is off and running. Now, throughout the course of the movie, you watch this couple. Uh, whose affection has irreparably soured. 
but who will nonetheless still love one another. <coughs> Nicole says, forever? Question mark? Chris, well, as long as he has shoes untied, I guess. Yeah. Here's my initial, here's my initial, <laughs> yeah, that, wow, I'll just keep going. Here's my initial take on the, on the film. I think, and this just comes with a little asterisk because I have not seen every movie put out this year. The big one's Parasite, which I know people love. I'm sure I'll love it. Haven't seen it yet. But the movies I have seen, I think Marriage Story is my favorite movie of the year. Mm. Whoa. And, and the reason is, it's simple reason for me. It was capital A acting by, I, I don't know their names. Adam, I don't know their character names. Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson. doesn't really matter their characters. They just like totally dove into this role and it just carried the film. It was a, like a, a low energy film in terms of like set pieces and shot design and stuff. It was just like, let's turn the camera on these actors and see what they can do. And I totally fell in love with it. It was, it was awesome. I think it was really well done. Kyle, did you uh, did you have a chance to watch the movie? You know, I resent the question as it is presented to me, but uh, I did watch the film. I did that <clears throat> baseline operation, and I enjoyed it as well. And I think Chris really hit the nail on the head with that little short analysis he gave, and uh, I enjoyed it. I think Adam Driver was incredible, along with Scarlett Johansson. Just uh, not sure it's my favorite uh, of the year that I saw. But, I mean, it was really well done. And um, actually, Noah Baumbach, the uh, director and writer of it, I uh, I would put his movie up against uh, his partner, Greta Gerwig's film, uh, Little Woman, which we can shelve that for a later date. Yeah, let, but, uh, let them fight. Let them fight at the just, Oscars. Maybe Winner takes all. Match to death. Yeah, that just <laughs> which movie was better. Um, no, but uh, it was it was really good. And. Uh, I absolutely enjoyed it, and it was uh, a little sad, but uh, also, you know, kind of sweet at the end. It well, certainly was sad. I uh, I teared up twice during the film. Uh, I am a bit of a sock, and uh, there were moments, frankly, like had the whole film just been about their loving marriage as a young actor director couple in new york like you know i'm interested in seeing that movie as well uh maybe we can we can get in the uh get a prequel to we want Studios a prequel to the prequel girlfriend <laughs> story <laughs> yes someone get no on the phone asap <laughs> we got it <laughs> that already goes through another traumatic divorce that's the only way we're getting a good sequel to this film <laughs> All right, Chris, you write up girlfriend story. Kyle, you write up the traumatic divorce one. We'll send those both along. Uh, but I do think, you know, as Chris said about, you know, just the level of acting performances in this film. I mean, it's sort of like a great basketball team where, like, good coaches don't overcoach. They just find a way to, like, get the ball into the hands of their best player and just see what they can do, you know, at a certain level particularly the professional level, you're just trying to like get people open shots and see if your star players um, can play. And it, in, the, in this movie, there were just lots of long tracking shots uh, without any editing, with no cuts, 
of, you know, Scarlett Johansson walking around and walking back to the couch and sitting down on the couch and talking about her marriage, and, you know, practicing for conversations she's going to have with um, court investigators and all these things that were, I think, really well done. You know, they had they had opportunities to uh, score, shall we say, and, and I think they did for the most part. Um, let's let's use this as a transition to uh, talk about um, Adam Driver uh, as the husband in the in this divorce movie. Um, he has, I think, rightly been thrown into the 2019 Best Actor conversation in what is a loaded field. Uh, and I would love to get your guys' thoughts on where he fits into that equation, if you think he'll win, if he deserves to win. Uh, before I ask, let me just give you a few other things to think about. Um, you, you have Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, you could also make an argument for Brad Pitt as a best actor, also from that movie. Um, you have Joaquin Phoenix and Joker, or as I think uh, he's come to be known, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems, which I have not seen yet, so I can't, can't comment on that. Um, Adam Driver in this movie, and of course, Adam Driver in Star Wars. Just kidding. But... Uh, <laughs> it, Anything jumping out to you guys there? Uh, where do you think Adam Driver fits into that conversation? And uh, who, do you, who do you think is the favorite? Uh, I think some of it depends on how the nominations shake out. You never know if people try to get cute with, like, best supporting actors or where they fit people in. I think he's got a good shot. I think he, he did really well in this movie. He, he had to kind of walk this tightrope of a sympathetic character while showing these I think both him and Scarlett Johansson had uh, had to like portray someone trying to withhold withhold their emotions. So it's like it was multiple levels. They were like playing a character who was trying to hide their true feelings, and they those feelings bled out in different scenes. The most noticeable was was the big argument, which was the climax. But I think he's got a good shot. I, I it, it's interesting to me because it seems like more people watch this movie than normally would have seen it if it had gone out via traditional means in the theaters just with everyone it seemed like there was huge buzz around this movie being out on netflix and mm -hmm. and i sort of don't know like how much of that is real or not but from netflix's own mouth they say it was tons of eyeballs it seemed like social media was live on it so in terms of just like word of mouth excitement i think a lot of people uh we'll be talking about him and i and i think him being in star wars too you made the joke about him being nominated for it but having multiple movies in one year just puts your name further ahead in terms of people being aware of you and thinking mm -hmm. about you when it comes time to vote. Yeah. Well, and I think I, to jump in there, I agree that, you know, obviously the peak sort of buzz about this movie was no, nowhere near what star Wars wars was in the reaction to, to last Jedi. But I do think the length, of the conversation was i mean you know star wars I'm, I'm on twitter all the time and people like i rarely see things about star wars now and i'm still seeing people post articles and think pieces and all these things about about marriage story i think the the length of time that this has been in the public discourse has certainly been longer than even you know probably you know the blockbuster movie of the year uh kyle what do you think yeah i think you both bring up really good points and <clears throat> i can circle back around to 
whether or not I think he'll win best actor. But um, for now, I think Chris brought up a good point and Carson, you're alluding to uh, its social media presence. And I was wondering if you guys saw it, like all the memes, like I know I saw the memes on Twitter and stuff about the, the argument that between them, the climax as Chris was talking about uh, that scene and how it got memed and the, kind of the meme culture in Netflix movies and whether that drove eyeballs to uh, drove people to watch it more than even not just um, if it were just a theatrical release, but even on Netflix, I know some movies just come and go on Netflix, but you know, if it has that extra bump because of, you know, it gets made into a meme or the clip of them also like that whole clip, uh, that whole scene, was was spread around too and i had actually watched that scene before i'd even seen the movie and i think that that is provides kind of like that extra little bump um and i'm wondering if you guys had seen that because i i know i was going to watch it regardless um and even before it was chosen for this podcast or if, even before you guys are graciously allowed me to be on this podcast yeah right now, you're welcome um I bow down at the feet of the Chris and Carson show straight to VHS. Wait, what's the name of this? Um, I, I, we, that, that's been a big, <laughs> big talking point. We haven't decided the order. I, I lean towards straight to VHS colon the Chris and Carson show, but it, it, you know, don't worry about it right now. That's, that's like an episode four discussion. To have, okay. I think. Oh my God. <laughs> he is 10 times more gracious on the podcast than he is off the podcast. <laughs> if our viewers could only hear him. You know, trashing us when we're, the mic's not on. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, you really. Well, I think Carson, you hit it the nail on the head. Is like I'm a hundred times more likely to like it if I'm also a part of it. So, um, I, <laughs> whether I have anything of value to add, just hearing my own voice, I love, I love that. I'm so, not like Adam yes. Driver in that regard. I feel like yes, I, I, good. You know, we all obviously saw the memes of, of the big climax scene of their argument when they're sitting down to try and you know, work out the terms of their divorce without without the lawyers. Um, I have to say, this is something that I think ultimately, I don't know if it's going to hurt his best actor chances, but it, the scene didn't quite work for me just because mm. I felt like a lot of the things were over the top and frankly didn't strike me as super realistic. You know, like I get that people can boil over and things can explode out, but like this like one of the lines from Adam Driver to Scarlett Johansson was, you're all of those bad things about all of those people I just listed, <laughs> I think is like a literal quote from the film. And then he goes on to the whole, I wish you were dead. I wake up every day and wish you were dead. And that's the big breaking point. And, and even that one felt a little this sort of, um, I don't know, contrived. Like if we were, it's almost like romance novels to a certain degree of like, you know, the formulaicness of the fight. Um, ScarJo had a couple moments like that too, where I just sort of said okay and rolled my eyes. I think um, I and, think you bring up a good point. I, if you'll let me say one one thing about that is, I've watched the scene, and when I watched, I was like, I don't know if I like it either. Like I kind of had the same reaction. And I was like, I wonder if I'll like it when I actually watch the movie. And I found I actually did like it a little bit more. But uh, you know, I can I can kind of see the points you're making in that. But do you think that drove people like watch that argument? Did it drive them to it or to drive it away them away from it? I mean, I, I think it dry any any stuff like that drives it to it. I think Netflix decided to this is one of the movies they wanted to promote and advertise, like Bird Box a couple years ago or last year, whenever it was. But I, I it's funny, Carson, you say that because I had the Love total Bird Box. I, I had never saw it. Maybe that'll be a future one we can do. But uh, very fun. <laughs> 
I I had the total opposite reaction to that that climax scene, and I think for me it works because they they spent the whole movie building up to it, and I think uh, a lesser movie would have had four or five like voice raised fights between the couple, and and I think this movie it works because it's so restrained going up to it and. And, and they're trying to be cordial because there was obviously love there at one point and they still have a son that binds them together and it just everything building on top of each other leads to that explosion. And I think it works because we see all those things leading up to it. It's not just the out of the blue, where is this coming from? Sure. Maybe it, some of the doesn't, the dialogue doesn't work necessarily. I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I could see that thinking, but I, I think, the Noah Baumbach did a good job showing us how Adam Driver's character and Scarlett Johansson's characters had, had driven themselves to that point. Be the pressures of it, bringing the lawyers into things and just the time frame. you know, there's a lot of time jumps in this movie and the travel and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I think it really works as a climax. And I think it's neat that we're discussing and people are discussing a movie whose climax is a verbal argument in today's age of huge blockbuster tentpole films, CGI fight scenes. And and we're discussing the climax of a movie being a guy falling to his knees, crying and, and saying two lines that are like over the top anger. So I think it's kind of cool. I, I totally agree with you. It is an interesting contrast to sort of the, uh, you know, niche of the day. And, and I also agree that the moment was totally earned. The emotion of it was raw and real. And uh, the narrative of the film, you know, over basically two hours had built up to that and, and really, um, you know, it just it made sense. And I yeah, I guess where we where we are, where we diverge is just on the straight dialogue. Like when I just read those lines on a script, I'm like, man, like did a 17 year old in a creative writing class write this after she just broke up with her, you know, junior prom date? Like, I, I don't know. But that's why you're uh, not in Hollywood, my friend. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm here doing That's, this stupid podcast. Yeah, right. How far uh, are you falling? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about Scarlett Johansson. Yes, please. Uh, arguably, I'll throw it out there. Arguably better than Adam Driver, and I love me some Adam Driver. No uh, argument for me. I agree with you. She, she, she was the best thing in this movie by far. Uh, I thought she was incredible. You know, before we go deeper into the role, I, I do want to just take a step back. Um, you know, Chris, you mentioned the contrast between this movie and just like the big blockbusters of the day. But I mean, Scarlett Johansson epitomizes what has been the zeitgeist of the last decade with those Marvel movies and spy movies and femme fatale. I mean, that's been her whole world. I, I mean, quickly, you know, since 2010, her filmography has uh, I think seven Avengers movies in it, you know, the biggest ones being, you know, Avengers and then infinity war and Endgame. Uh, besides that, she did another sort of spy movie called Lucy in 2014. A terrible um, movie. I, I just have to say Lucy's a terrible movie. <laughs> right? It was awful. I, I don't want any, I don't want any viewer to get the impression uh, that by mentioning Lucy on the podcast that we are in any way endorsing it. No, we're uh, anti. This is an anti-Lucy podcast. We're putting our <laughs> foot down. That movie's reign of terror has gone on way too long. It, we're Kyle, we're anti-Lucy. In post-production, in post-production, just go ahead and edit this out. Yeah. We, we don't need we don't need any Forget Lucy. All right. But you got it, boss. Uh, also bears noting 
that Kyle's favorite movie was a ScarJo movie from 2010, We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> uh, I didn't know you were a We Bought a You're a zoo head, Kyle? Uh, big time zoo head. Um, animals, love them. Um, what more can I say? Let's, well, a lot, I think. And let's grind this podcast to a halt to let's give you that space. <laughs> Kyle, please, as a huge zoo head myself, what's your favorite, what's your favorite scene from We Bought a Zoo? Oh, I mean, why get bogged down in scenes when you just look at the movie as a whole and it's just beginning to end just magnificent and the, just the joy it spreads through uh, the, the animals and um, the zoo. It's just magical, really. I don't I, think we have to we have to say much more because no, there's there's a lot more to say. I think, and, and we're going to give this movie the respect it deserves. <laughs> okay. Uh, what remind me who who's her co-star in that film? I can I can never remember his name. Uh, we bought it. Well, that's Matt Damon, of course. Oh. No, I was talking about oh. the gorilla character, but that's fine. Oh, Harambe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a really dark ending to We Bought a Zoo. I couldn't believe they went there. I didn't but... see it coming. Yeah, it, it ends with the death of Harambe, and then you just see protesters in the background carrying Coney 2012 sign. Just a and... slow zoom in on Scarlett Johansson. She's shaking, just a single tear rolling down her eye. Now... Very reminiscent of Marriage Story when that slow pan in in Laura Dern's office. That but her hands are covered in blood, gorilla blood, and she's now, sitting there. I'll just—I will say this: it's absolutely one of my favorite movies. But just like—is that actually how it ends? Like, I can't remember. No, of course not. Okay. Thank there's God. a credit scene. There's a post-credit <laughs> scene. Oh, there's a stinger. Yeah, you had a stinger. Yeah. You had to buy the extended. <laughs> we bought a zoo stinger. Will yeah. it go down in history better than any of the Marvel? Yeah, they go over to Harambe's corpse and they shift it aside and discover a little baby gorilla. <gasps> it's a really uplifting <laughs> moment because he'll live on through his child. Good. It's why in this movie, ScarJo just wanted to get back to LA because wasn't wasn't that where the zoo was when we bought a zoo? No, uh, was well, really just trying to. I don't know. Probably. Well, is there an film. expanded ScarJo universe where it's all connected? Besides it being in our hearts. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to just transition back to marriage story. Yeah, quit talking about We Bought a Zoo, Kyle. You're new here. You don't get to take over this podcast. What are you doing? Stop. And where's my water? What's going on? (laughs) So ScarJo did all of these spy movies. She did The Avengers. She did We Bought a Zoo. She also did Don John, which was at a Joseph Gordon-Levitt one where he watched a lot of porn, so he couldn't love her. Um and besides that, I mean, that's really all she did in the last decade. And then she comes out with Marriage Story. Um, really interesting choice. You always wonder with selections like this if actors are trying to send a signal or trying to show, you know, their their range uh, as a professional. It reminds me a little bit like Steve Carroll um, leaving comedy for a time and, and getting into dramas with the big short. Um, anyway, she totally nailed it. We we all applauding her performance here um what did you guys like in particular any favorite scenes um yeah i think i keep going back to that that laura dern uh office scene where her it she has multiple monologues in this movie that i think she really owns that that one and then the the you mentioned earlier when she's kind of practicing before the counselor or whatever shows up to her house but those scenes where it's just, it kind of, everything else fades away and you're just watching her face. 
Um, and then just a lot of quiet moments. Like her, her reaction shots are so good when, when Adam Driver is like doing his fathering stuff with the son and she'll kind of like, like reading to their son and she's kind of rolled over in bed and just her face reacting to that. And, and, and the conclusion of the movie too, just, just him reading that note that she could not bring herself to read about him, everything she loved about him, just, just all of her reactions. When she was speaking, it was captivating. When she wasn't speaking, it was captivating. I think just every time she was on screen, it was a bright, bright moment for the movie. In, the, in that last scene where she's looking over the shoulder watching them, watching her ex and her son read the note that she had written, uh, I had, and, and I think this is one of the staples of a, a great movie, is I didn't know what direction that was going to go. Like, there's a world in which she sees that and she, like, blows up at Adam Driver, like, where did you find this? Why are you reading this? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, don't show that to our son. Those are our divorce papers, you know, all of this stuff. Um, it, and it wasn't, you know, until a couple of seconds into her reaction where you got that touching sort of payoff from her reaction. Uh, I do want to point out one thing. Um, early on in the movie, I had to say I wasn't sure if I was going to think it was both a great movie and a great performance from her, you know. So they're out at the bar with all of their friends from the acting troupe, you know, the theater troupe, and they get up and leave early. And then they go back to the apartment. And when he leaves the apartment, you know, they're already having marital difficulties at this point. Um, some really over-the-top sad music starts playing, and she starts crying, and she lays down on the bed and just sort of looks off beyond the camera, just crying into her pillow. You know, that's sort of the opposite of that moment for me, Chris, that we've been talking about at the end of the movie that felt earned. At, at this point, I'm just like, okay, this feels over the top. I don't think ScarJo is a great crier in this moment. I don't know what mm. exactly understand why she's crying. It just felt a little forced to me. I, I'm again, I'm I'm sort of opposite of you, and I think that scene works for me because they set it up earlier when he has the notes um, on her performance, and he kind of she begrudgingly lets him give his notes. And one of the notes was on stage. He felt like she was forcing it and. And she has a little throwaway line in that conversation where she says, like, well, you know, I, I've never been able to cry on stage. And so they kind of set this up as, like, she has trouble crying. She can't cry on command. And I think it's interesting that very next moment she's in bed and just starts crying. And so I, I think that was kind of cool for me because they, they just do little things in this movie where they set up and they have little payoffs for you later on. I think I think it's also, like, you know, she's such a bedrock for their family, Um cutting his hair, doing all these things. And, and there's later in the movie, we see Adam driver having to go to a barber to get his haircut. And that's kind of in his lowest point. And then we come full circle at the end of the movie, she goes and ties his shoe. And so she's, she's, even though the marriage broke apart in such a terrible way and for a stretch, she's back to being that kind of bedrock for him and the family. So I, I think this movie does a really good job of like planting these seeds and having really neat payoffs later on. Well, I do think that leads to sort of the next thing in the film that I wanted to talk about, which is um, just sort of how how it deals with gender and the two roles, the wife and the husband in this sort of divorce. Um, and I guess I wanted to pose a question to you guys. You know, I, throughout the movie and at the end, I walked away from it feeling as if the two lead women um, in this film, both ScarJo's character and Laura Dern's character, the lawyer, 
we're just total assholes. <laughs> and uh, I, I've been doing a lot of reflecting on that thinking, is that a moment where I need to check my own biases of, you know, just empathizing too much with the male character in the film? Or is the movie set up in a almost sexist way of portraying, you know, the women and the divorce like that? Um, so I'll just throw it out there. I obviously, I have multiple answers to this question, but I'll, I'll let you guys respond first. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I found myself midway through the film being like, man, why is she bringing lawyers into this? Why is this happening? This happening? I think two points come out to me. One, Laura Dern sort of addresses this in the film with when she has a, a nice monologue about women having to be these perfect mothers and having no faults, but men get all this leeway. And, and I think as viewers, we give yeah. Adam Driver leeway. Yeah. I mean, we find out I, I sort of was totally on his side and then you find out he cheated on her. So it's like things like that. There's other things that broke up the relationship too. And, and then also it's like, is some of that like Noah Baumbach's bias? I mean, this movie is written about his own divorce from uh, Janet Lee, whatever. I can't Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Wow. Wow. You're already your keep. <laughs> um, Kyle uh, made a useful comment. Wow. Okay, now. Hey, okay. Shirtless and all. Yes. Mark that one down. What's <laughs> um, the timestamp but... on this? <laughs> I think we're at like two hours. Uh, God, it feels it, like it. it. He's obviously a biased source because, I mean, Adam Driver is a genius director who's gotten awards and earned this right. grant for being a G- the genius right. grant. Well, that's him. You know, his ex, you know, Bombax ex actress, obviously. It's interesting, you know. So there, there has to be some inherent bias to that. I, I don't think it bleeds through that much in the work. Um, and it is interesting. He showed uh, Kyle Kewen again. I forgot what the the name Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, thank you. He no Bombback oh. showed her. <laughs> he showed like her the film. It, like who are you talking about? <laughs> I, I don't listen when you speak. Uh, he showed her the film before before this came out i read and and she was she liked it so but i but i do think that has to play into it some i mean i'm driver yeah. well and he's he's a child of his of divorce too noah bomback so that it, that's a lot of in his life has been kind of shaped by yeah. this type of uh uh kind of event he's just a screwed up well, dude what a what a weirdo <laughs> noah you freak this is the part of the podcast. Chris is one and a half glasses of wine deep and the <laughs> takes just start flying. Um, no, I do. Again, you're, you pointed out the fact that it, it's not till 40, 50 minutes into the film. I think that you find out that part of the underlying riff is that she suspected infidelity on his part. And he actually was sleeping with someone else on their cast. But that to me goes to the bias of the portrayal of the film because that's hardly a part of this at all. I mean, you that if you just like made a list of things of bad things that the characters did to one another, that and you were just staring at a blank page, you might look at, you know, sleeping with someone that you work with, not your wife, as like the number one bad thing on the list. And like that's hardly hardly portrayed as bad at all. It's almost an afterthought. And I'm sure you could you could there is an artistic justification for that choice, but in the end you instead of you uh, you you are biased to forgive Adam Driver 
for that choice just because it's not focused on that much. And meanwhile, all of the flaws in Scarlett Johansson and how she's, you know, sort of turning the kid against him and like, you know, getting lawyers involved when they agreed that they weren't going to get lawyers involved. All of these little things become real knives to the viewer and you go, why is she doing that? That's me. And it sort of biases you against her. Um, but I do agree, Chris, you know, at the end of the day, this is sort of a man who got divorced, you know, reflecting on his own experiences. It's not autobiographical in any way, but it, it's a vignette, if you will, for, for what he went through. And I don't know if it's so much an argument against his own experience as it is an argument more generally that like, you know, this is why you need more female directors. This is why you need more female and, and diverse people in all sorts of roles because the stories you get are just different um, and, and have different twists. Not just a man, a genius, a genius director. Please don't forget. Right. Excuse me. He won the genius MacArthur Award. <laughs> um, well, let's talk quickly about Laura Dern. Please. My Please. hero. Do you, do you need to Not uh, a hero. extrapolate on that? Or, uh, well, or no? I mean, she... Uh, Big Baron Davis fan. <laughs> I, <laughs> we would all be so lucky to have been in Baron Davis's position. Um, no, I just, I like Laura Dern a lot and, uh, I don't want, I don't want to be weird about it. I just think she's very attractive and, uh, yeah, I like her. I mean, yeah, that's inherently weird. What? So, um, I disagree, but this that's is a, a discussion P- for another time. I, just I don't know like, if Carson told you, oh. this is a PG podcast. Please. Oh, I have some non PG stories I can tell, uh, later if you want. About Laura Dern. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's a big misunderstanding. Um, <laughs> uh, were you allowed to talk about this? No, there? Yeah, I... I signed an NDA actually. Um, no, I, I uh, no, let's keep let's let's just move on. How about that? Yeah, Kyle, bleep twice if you want me to swoop in and change the subject for you. <laughs> God, you could have done that three seconds ago. That was two blinks. That was two (laughs) blinks. Carson, this is the part where we say our favorite moment in the film. Go ahead. (laughs) Not involving Laura Dern. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay, well... Uh, I had a really great Laura Dern conversation, but I guess we'll have to table that. No! (laughs) Bring back Laura Dern. Uh, I'll respond to your point first Chris my favorite moment in the film uh was at the end when he shows back up Adam Driver shows back up at the LA house and meets up with her and her new um partner and his son and uh the grandma and I assumed it was Halloween it looked like it was Halloween again no yeah it was. Yeah, so it's Halloween again, which just love that that's a motif throughout the movie. It's the best holiday there is. Uh, more on that later. But uh, And they dress up in uh, thematic costumes and go out together and there's just music playing. And um, it just, I mean, it was sort of like a, you know, it was tough. It wasn't um, cheap or happy in a way that uh, didn't feel uh, thematically consistent with the rest of the film, but it was sort of uplifting and sort of soft mellow sort of way and i loved that it was halloween i like i like that scene just really fast before i get to my scene what i also like about that scene um at the end when when he he was gonna go with the rest of the family to some party or something and she turns to adam driver and say why don't you take him he's tired he says are you sure it's your time 
it shows that they're willing to compromise. Whereas before they're really rigid, you know, he, even though he was, the kid was falling asleep, Adam driver made the kid come back to his hotel room. She wouldn't let him go to New York a day early. Like, so it was cool at the end there. I think another way the movie kind of quietly showed the relationship being repaired to a degree that you can be when you're divorced. But my favorite scene was just kind of a quick little thing. Um, It's when he goes during the power outage to her, to her new home in LA and helps her out. And and there's that quick shot. And and it stood out to me because most of this movie is very slow zooms, very static shots. It's kind of shot, reverse shot conversations. But this one is right when the, when the wooden gates closing between them and Noah Baumbach and whoever the director of cinematography was, just this is a quick rapid fire between the two of them showing their reactions as this wooden wall closes between them i thought it was really cool and it really stood out to me just because it was so frenetic compared to the rest of the film i gotta say that scene did not work for me but you're talking about where they were closing the gate yeah the gate closes in front of their faces i was like okay come on like <laughs> did you go get like popcorn refill at the time maybe you missed it it was quick <laughs> I, I did i saw it i saw it I, uh, I just thought maybe the symbolism was a little too on the nose. I don't know. Wow. Well, you've always had bad taste. Right. Kyle, my friend. <laughs> Tell us your favorite well, Laura Dern scene. Uh, I, uh, I <laughs> From think... the movie. From the movie. Not, not another scene. <laughs> um, okay. I, actually, my favorite scene besides the Laura Dern scene, I really both like the movie, but can't agree on any of the scenes that you like um which i think is interesting but uh that's a different topic uh walking in i think i wrote down so was it the mom who was talking about how she walked in on her husband getting a blowjob was that was that was that the mom that was grandma yeah that was yeah grandma i think uh (laughs) i just love the little line i mean i just thought it was funny it was just little comedic relief and I'm a sucker for it. So, and, and she's like, and I always regretted getting so upset about it. Um, walking in on her husband getting a blowjob. I was like, oh, that was just kind of funny. Um, didn't hey, add a uh, whole lot, but <laughs> it was just, just funny. Kyle, can, wait, while you go get me water for a second, I got to talk to Carson. Quick aside. Car- Carson. Yeah. What, what, who is this guy? That's a terrible <laughs> scene to have your favorite scene. Thing. What's going Hey, Kyle, yeah, Kyle, uh, ice would be great. Thanks. Come on, Carson. Bring back Corey. This is terrible. <laughs> I mean, I uh, get it. You guys can opine about like the, all the nice shots and the way it was written and everything, and that's good, and that it was done very well and all that stuff. But you know, it was funny. Like, there's some room for levity in life too. We are going to have to adjust the PJ PG rating on this thing. I mean, we we blow the roof off that. What? Yeah, we're uh, screaming to PG thirteen <laughs> real fast. <laughs> yep, I think we're going to slide by it into our territory <laughs> if we're not careful. <laughs> Boys, it's time for the next segment of the pod. Oh yay! It's called notes. It's called notes dump. Notes no dump. Uh, Wait. <laughs> what? You gotta enunciate. What do you nose? No nose. You're gonna do blow. What's going on? <laughs> nose clams. <laughs> nose candy. <laughs> Bolivian podcast powder, baby. Let's go. All right. I didn't know this was kind of podcast, yeah. but I like we're leaning into this PG thirteen rating right away. Chris, thank you. That's a good reminder. I do need to enunciate. 
Uh, although I was a little rattled because you keep fucking interrupting me. Um, Whoa. Okay. I can say okay. That because... uh... <laughs> that's one. I think that's the one we get for PG-13. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep a tally. That's one. I'm so sorry, know. MPA. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so the segment is called Notes Dump. Can I suggest Maybe, something uh... really quick? Yeah. Um, no, of course not. You're an intern. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're right, Chris. All I was going to say is notes dump. Maybe it should just be note dump. Uh, oh. I don't know. Take with that I, what you I, I have more than I have more than one note. I'm not a huge fan of dump in, in our Ooh, title. Maybe, the more you say it, the, yeah, the worse it's kind of sounding. Note dump. Dump. How about I like, like it. How about I like, like it, notebook? Actually. Notebook. Like it's time for the podcast, the notebook. Or we've got called notes. the notebook. I like that. I, I like the notebook. Kyle, you're over. Or what about no thing gets past us? Oh, who <laughs> are you bringing puns to this podcast? Let's <laughs> yeah, hear three more rapid fire <laughs> notes puns right off uh, the bat. You don't know anything about movies. Oh, uh, we've give me, give me, give me more notes please okay. and uh notes are us all right Ooh, how about notes for thank you chris where were you 10 seconds ago i was right here i'm, I'm uh, sitting in my apartment what are you talking about god damn it all right oh sorry is da- uh all right time stamp that one all right notebook carson tell us all what right, notebook. notebook is yeah so I tend to watch movies with a notebook on my lap. I uh, sit there and scribble some things down. Sometimes I draw a picture. Usually I'm just writing little notes or things I want to remember for later. Even before I did this podcast, I, uh, I tended to do that. I uh, was on a date a couple weeks ago, and this came up in conversation because I'm not smooth. Uh, and she made fun of me for it. And so I I wasn't sure if I needed to end it right there because she teased me about it or if I should just marry her since she didn't end with me if I'm learning that fact. But uh, if I can give my two cents, I think you probably shouldn't be taking notes during a date. That seems like a standoffish thing to do. So anyway, the notebook is where we share our uh, random thoughts and tidbits on the film, just things that stuck out to us. Uh, I'll go first. Since you guys didn't know this was coming up, you don't have to listen. You can just think of your own. Um, right off the bat, during the I Love You lists, he describes Scarlett Johansson as being someone who's always brewing a cup of tea she doesn't drink. And God damn it, I fell in love. That was beautiful. Uh, I also have to say, I'll give you a second note before I let you guys jump in. Uh, I think this has got to be one of the most cliche not plot lines in movies, but just like um, movements uh, in, in society right now. The I need to move to L.A. to escape New York plot line. Like that's just like such a huge thing in the world right now. Like you can look at maps of like um, immigration within the United States right now. And the New York to L.A. hotline is hot. Uh, and so I did think. At first, I was sort of annoyed, but then I thought it was cool that, like, it was reflecting a cultural trend, um, you know, in the 21st century in this movie. You know, that's something that, that'll have resonance of, of this time period for, for years to come. Yeah, Hollywood only shoots in three places. They shoot in L.A., they shoot in 
uh, Vancouver, BC, and they shoot in Georgia. That's why every Avengers movie is set in Georgia because it's cheap. Apparently, you've never seen A River Runs Through It filmed in Montana. How about that? Was it filmed in Montana or was it filmed in Georgia? No, I'm pretty sure it was filled in Georgia. You're right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you have oh, any notes? For, I do uh, have notes? for notes for Atu. I've got I've got one. Can I say it? Am I allowed to? Yeah, hop in. I sort of like um, if you recall the courtroom scene when they first there and and Ray Liotta sprung on them like a lunatic and all that stuff. But they're in the court and and we keep cutting back and forth between the two sides and you know obviously tension. The revealing things is getting more heated. And then I, it, it, it's interesting because they just show them. We don't see anything else. And then I like when it pulls back and we see the whole courtroom filled with people. And it sort of like shows that their relationships now being aired out, not just between them, but everyone's now seeing all these secrets and things they were going to do. You know, it went from let's discuss this, the two of us in a small room, figure this out to now they're lawyers. Now we're in a courtroom filled with random strangers. I just think it, that was a cool like pullback that they did to show that. Yeah, that was well done. I agree. Kyle, you got any notes? Uh, I do. I wrote down some stuff. And I like the little uh, nice subtle, like, I take notes during movies. And I did it even before the podcast. Just to, you know, I like it. It's, it builds your your credibility. Um, so we can trust you with the movies that you're watching and talking about. Um, let's see. I Stop wrote sucking down, up. Carson, you're the best. Um, Love you, buddy. Let's see. I wrote down. You can't say that to an intern. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. Carson's also the HR department, so he kind of has final say. Okay. Got it. Good. (laughs) Um, I liked uh, another line that was funny. uh, Was the the act what the actor in his in his uh, cast when he was back in New York was like? They all know he's going through divorce now, and he's like what you're going through now is going to be horrible, but it will be over. And uh, it was just, you know, it was, it was uh, trying to be supportive, but in a sense that it was not supportive at all. It's kind of that's something. What they, that's like what they showed during say. the start. Yeah. That's what they showed at the start of every Transformers movie too. So it really <laughs> resonated with me. You've seen that, you've seen that more times than you care to admit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a Michael Bay staple. <laughs> Who was that actor? He was, he was a famous voice actor, no? Uh, yes, and he was in The Princess Bride. Um, his name oh. is... Anne Hathaway? Wallace Shawn. Oh. Oh, Kyle. Wait. Hmm. Oh, I, shoot. Was I going to... Princess Diary? I would get Princess Diaries and Princess Bride mixed up. Uh, oh, well, they are not the same. Sin. So... Yeah. I mean, basically the same. And he's uh, no. so yes, no. he is the voice in uh, Toy Story of Rex, your favorite green dinosaur in those movies. Rex, that's what it is. Yeah, yep. so that might that's be. I called him a voice actor. Yep. Wow. All right, that's a good note. All right. Great note. Put that in the notebook. Uh, okay, my next one. Uh, what the hell was the babysitter doing when they walk back into the apartment? And she's sitting on the couch with like her pants down. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> right. I forgot about that. I mean, and then her, the first words out of her mouth is, "You're both so attractive." What? <laughs> what? 
I think I think she was yeah she was hinting at a little three three way action. <laughs> She's been this... watching House of Cards. She saw you know the Underwoods get down with the oh. security guard, and uh, you know just just had some ideas. Yeah, let's not bring up House of Cards. Come on, Carson. Yeah, that's that, a little. That not cool now. That show's blacklisted. <laughs> Make a reference to the Cosby Show or something. <laughs> Chris, any more notes? Yeah, I had one last <laughs> note I wanted to make. I don't know who she was. I don't know her character name. I don't know her real name. She could have been a figment in my imagination, but I think my favorite character was that home visit lady. She was very soft-spoken. <laughs> she had great deadpan reaction to stuff, and that was just a great extended scene of her just like shuffling around with her tap water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was Kyle, good. No. Um. Being alive, I think it has to be has to be said. Any marriage story discussion is not complete without uh, Adam Driver's rendition of "Being Alive," being the song he sang in the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it's just lovely, enjoyable, and sad. Um, it was all it was all really good. That was my favorite scene of his. It was all of those things: heartfelt, yeah. well sung but not too well sung and he keeps sitting down, but then standing back up. To yeah. The song. yeah. He's like, beautiful. yeah. Steven Sondheim, by the way, is the artist. Yeah. No, it's no one asked over here. All right. Um, I got to say a little, a uh, little bit of vulnerability here for me. I have this tick. So there's a lot of scenes in this movie where Adam drivers driving around their son, Henry. And uh, man, do these scenes get me triggered he keeps looking back at his son like while he's driving to talk to him and i think they're gonna get in a car accident every single time <laughs> i just like i was i've watched more those scenes more through my hands than i do a car like a horror movie um and uh but spoilers they did not get into an accident hmm. so if anyone out there like me uh also has that anxiety just know it's okay um i have a few more notes uh, i'm just gonna keep going how many more notes uh, do you have we're at a time uh, frame we'll here. Mm. You can cut me off whenever. Um, there's that one scene, you know, when they start really doing things separately and making the kid do two. Um, and I love, 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 not only because I love Halloween, but also just because, you know, it would have just been so um, overdone to do two Christmases or like two Thanksgivings or something like that. But to do just sort of like an off holiday that's like less of a deal to most people and also show how it's a deal um, through this divorce and how it makes it tricky with their son, I thought was really cool to do two to Halloweens. But also, I really wanted to slap that kid when he said, I wish Halloween was over. <laughs> Respect Halloween, son. No. Respect it. That kid, oh, that mood right there is me all the yeah, time. Yeah, let me feel you in, Car- uh, Kyle. Carson's <laughs> obsessed with Halloween. Dude, it, it's I know. It's kind of creepy. It's one of the biggest riffs... Uh, that I see forthcoming in uh, in uh, this relationship, as I do cannot stand Halloween. So anyway, I don't want to bring. I mean, it to, come on, I got another note. Uh, if you want, Carson. Oh, another notes for Atu. Go for it. Yeah. Um, I so the the fa- the reaction which we we talked about when he was reading her letter. Um to the kid and how they were both good. And you were like, even like ScarJo, even wish she was silent and everything anyway. Uh, and it was really emotional. And I was like, 
could those letters have saved them at the beginning? And I thought, well, that wouldn't have been a, a very long movie um, if she had just decided to read I it. So I, I think, uh, I think it was probably a smart artistic choice to not have her read that letter um, because yeah. it ended up, uh, but that's, I mean, that's also, that could be life is like, she didn't want to read it and just little things like that little butterfly effect. And here we are, uh, but it could have turned out differently if he had heard that letter. At the beginning. Wham, wham. Sorry, I, this is my notes for Atu. I'm receiving a note Ooh. that I'd like to share. Uh, Kyle, one of your jobs, by the way, is doing cool sound effects. So just like give us I... a quick notes for Atu psychic sound, and then we'll cut it over my temporary placeholder. Sounds good. No, like Chris, right now, if you wouldn't mind. Do you know what notes for Atu? Chris, do you know what Nosferatu is? It's not like a robot. It's... No, he's like a vampire. But I, I combined him with a psychic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just get the vampire sound. I'll, I'll find that. Easy peasy. Okay. Thank you. Um, one, did you guys notice this is, this is sort of like the fence thing? It was just a quick little thing I like. So Carson will probably hate it. But Kyle, I'm speaking <laughs> to you now. Yes. Did you know, and our viewers, of listeners, of course. <laughs> oh, um, first viewer reference. War, 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 war. We gotta get there's no way that was the first. Whenever, whenever there's there's no way that was the first. <laughs> Jesus, Kyle. Shows how much you've been paying attention. I made that joke like four times already. Wait, for real? What? <laughs> yes. I didn't hear you. Wow. I guess for the eagle-eyed viewers out there that have been, wow. you know, wow. paying attention, okay. you would have heard You're a, yourself. Right. A real student of the podcast, yeah. uh, straight to VHS, colon, a Chris and Carson show. I'm really impressed. Um, anyway, this is going to be something Carson hates, I'm sure, because he hates all good things. But um, my one of my favorite transitions in this movie was – uh, Adam Driver out on the street after a phone call when with Laura Dern where he's like, I, you need to get a lawyer. He's out on the street, busy New York street, and we see a plane kind of flying and they transition from that shot to a plane flying and to show him being back in LA. Just a quick little thing. I thought it was, I'm, I'm a sucker for cool scene transitions and that was the, really the only one that stood out to me in this movie, but it was a good one. I have to admit, uh, my next note is that I... Uh, when ScarJo first hooks up with a guy after, you know, midway through their divorce, who, who's not her husband, when she's hooking up with that guy, I asked my roommate if that was Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and what? It was, it was not. The guy, Justin Timberlake, did not make any appearances in Marriage Story. It was, uh, was not him. Wow. I appreciate your vulnerability because that is embarrassing. <laughs> God, you could have kept that to yourself, but you decided to put it out there. And for that, he's wearing a beanie. We thank you. It's so bad. That's he's really bad, man. Baggy clothes and a beanie. And once they once they cut to the car and they're making out, then I was like, oh, it's obviously not him. But when he's just sitting there by the pool, I was like, oh. Ba, ba, ba. Um. I think I think it was this guy. I saw in the cast list an actor who I recognized. I think it was her eventual new boyfriend is from Halt and Catch Fire. He's he's one of the programmers from that show. So just I, I like to give shout outs to good stuff and Halt and Catch Fire is a great show. So a cool connection there. All right, boys. Any uh any last thoughts? Uh yeah, actually. I, I feel like you got to uh, do all these cool segments. I'd like to do a quick segment. Oh, wow. If you wouldn't mind. 
I would also like a segment. Well, <laughs> maybe on our hundredth episode we'll give you a segment. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't want a segment. Can I do it? Can I do my segment, Carson? Yeah, go for it. I have to admit, I just got a phone call and I can't. Uh, goodbye. I think he cut out, Kyle. I, right. For this segment, what I need you to do is do just a quick little fun jingle, just really fast, just like a quick, just quick airy thing, really All quick. Right. Lead into it. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Maybe a little long, but that was really good. Um, <laughs> I didn't know where to end it. Sorry. No, <laughs> that was fine. That was totally fine. Okay, I got my head you a little know. bit at the end. I did keep it going like a, two seconds too long. All right. I like the riff. So we can work on the name of this, but I like to call this segment Mailbag. Oh, did we get mail? We did get. Here's the thing, Kyle. You probably don't know because you haven't been around, but we've gotten a ton of fan mail. I set up a P.O. box at Carson's address. So <laughs> yes. much fan mail. Oh, my God. Um, Should we give his address so, just so more mail could go there? Yeah. Uh, just stay tuned at the end. I'll give his personal address and all that right. information so you right. send more fan mail. But So here's the exciting thing, Kyle. We got so much fan mail. I, there's no way I could read it all we're talking like hundreds of letters and, and messages of support, but I'd like to just read one quick one. If you wouldn't mind. Oh, please. This is from, this is sent in, you know, they don't use real names in these letters. This yeah. is sent in by Thanos population control. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's not, I, I guess I'm assuming that's not his real name. Um, yeah. It says I'm, dear I'm straight. Yeah. It says dear straight to VHS. Um, and I, I'd like to just make a note. Uh, Thanos population control. It's straight to VHS colon the Chris and Carson show. Please, you know, a couple of the other writers messed that up, but dear straight to VHS, I'm really loving the show. Loved episode zero. I was laughing the whole time. Jorge is the best. I hope he gets more airtime. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And that's the end of Mailbag. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Thanks uh, to all of our readers, our listeners. I'll keep you. reading. Um, I'll I'll write a letter to Metro State and see if we can get him some more uh, some more college credit and get him back. Uh, what if? But... Ooh, I have I have some mail. That's that's impossible. You have mail? <laughs> Did, are you going through Carson's PO box? What's happening? <laughs> no, it's mail that came to me. I thought that's a crime. <laughs> no, it's you mail can't that steal I, mail. It's my personal mail. So oh. I, thought, I thought that maybe we could just go through my personal mail. Um, um, yeah, fine. Sure. Why not? We're, we're right. killing time. Go for it. <laughs> I, got a, I got a Christmas card from my family, um, mm-hmm. one of my sisters and their newborn. Uh, and okay, then another this is Christmas riveting. card from, uh, from my other sister and, and, and their newborn. Um, and that's my mailbag. So... Do the outro jingle. Oh. And with that, that concludes this episode of Straight to VHS, the Chris and Carson show. Uh, Make sure y'all out there don't get too much recycled air. It's dangerous for children. Have a good week. We'll see you next time.